The Gist is brought to you by Indochino, creators of -of one-of-a-kind men's suits that are customized just for you. Get any premium suit for just $3.99, plus free shipping by going to Indochino.com and using the promo code GIST at checkout. The following podcast contains explicit language. It's Friday, May 13th, 2016 from Slate. It's The Gist. I'm Mike Pesca. So we know now what to think about the Trumpial quote-unquote pivot, right? We deny the pivot. We call it a contradiction. But there are subtleties to this. For instance, today on the podcast, Keeping It 1600, the host, John Favreau, who's the former Obama speechwriter, said this. So this week uh, was Trump's pivot to the general election that was not really a pivot in any way, shape, or form because he he still said all kinds of very Trumpy things. That is a fair point because Trump can't even be said to be pivoting if he's still denigrating Hispanics via the taco bowl or espousing other nonsense. But that's not the fundamental thesis of our cause. Our cause is hashtag contradiction, not pivot. We're calling him out because he can't be said to be pivoting. Right? There are some areas where it will seem like he's pivoting. If judged by just his words, it's like, oh, he's taking a position that is more palatable to a general electorate than he used to take. Like there was this thing that he said yesterday about the minimum wage. I like the idea of the states looking at minimum wage because if they don't, you know, New York is totally different than if you go to Alabama, Arkansas, so many places that I love. They voted for me. I love them all. And But you're talking about a whole different, you know, cost of living. Now, I agree with Trump, and I disagree with Bernie Sanders that a national $15 minimum wage would work in places like Port Arthur, Texas, or Holmes County, Mississippi. States leading the way, that's the right thing to do. That's actually Hillary's plan, too, by the way, though she does think a national floor of $12 would work. But wait, what am I saying? I can't give Trump credit for favoring a position that I agree with. I can't give him credit for evolving or pivoting. What I have to do, what we all have to do, is remember what he said when he was trying to appeal to the Republican audience that he was talking to at the time. Here he is in an early debate. Taxes too high, wages too high. We're not going to be able to compete against the world. I hate to say it, but we have to leave it the way it is. People have to go out. They have to work really hard, and they have to get into that upper stratum. But we cannot do this if we are going to compete with the rest of the world. We just can't do it. So do not raise the minimum wage. I would not raise the minimum. And that is why we say hashtag contradiction, not pivot. Say it on social media, the kind where hashtags actually work. On the show today, oh, what a spiel we have. We convene a focus group in a galaxy far, far away. But first, I talk to one of the best comedy writers going, a funny guy in real life. That's not always true with comedy writers. And I talk to him about his new gig. You want to guess what it is? Don't guess. Just listen. Joining me now is a man who uh, was an early writer on Saturday Night Live. He wrote the Eddie Murphy White Like Us sketch, a David Letterman writer, a creator of the show Monk. He has a great show on WFMU. Sounds like a fascinating guest. I want to talk to this guy. Seven second delay. Seven second delay, yeah. So as I lay out all of this, you can imagine the arc of the career. And of course, where does that take you working with comedy icons, creating shows that are extremely popular, uh, a mix of the cutting edge and just the rock solid funny. 
The answer is game design. Andy Breckman has rebranded himself as your Uncle Andy. He's been on before. He was talking about the early days of chasing his dream of being a game designer. And now that dream is coming more and more to fruition. Hello, Andy Breckman. Hey, very nice to be here and to be back. Thank you very much. The last time you were here, you talked about travel bingo and you brought some sheets. Real life travel bingo, yeah. right? And I had, I think I had Who Tooted I was pitching. Who Tooted was a big one. Who Tooted now is, uh, is uh, you can find it at Toys R Us and online. Really? Who Tooted is a grown up uh, real game okay, uh, so that let's... I'm actually inexplicably very proud of. It yes. actually is pure bluffing. If you enjoy poker and you enjoy fart machines, and I know I've, I know those are your two big passions. Tell me about the process of getting it into Toys R Us. It's like a parallel show business. Mm-hmm. I have a toy agent. I, he goes around with me just like a grown he's one up. foot six. Yeah, exactly. No, he's a grown up toy agent. But these guys, these guys, they grew up in the toy business, which is like this weird show business spinoff almost. And you go in, and it's just like pitching a movie or pitching a TV show. You go in with your game prototype. You've made a prototype. Mm -hmm. You've had someone make the game. And it's just like any other pitch I've ever been on. You schmooze for four minutes. How are the kids? Oh, do you work with Kevin? He's great. I heard it. You know, uh, my daughter plays soccer with his daughter. You know, you schmooze for four and a half minutes. You know, you've been at pitches. And then you segue gently into the actual pitch. But instead of telling someone uh, your movie idea, you're opening up a box and you're playing a Well, let a me ask game. you, does having created Monk and written Rat Race and all your credentials, does that give you any entree? It buys me about a minute and a half of goodwill. Okay. But then you're but, on your own, so, just like in life, you're, you, 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 you sink or swim based on the – it is a meritocracy. It's yeah. why I do love it. You come in and if your game is fresh and it's, it's – uh, but familiar, just like a movie has to be – Unique, but familiar, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, a touchstone, something to grasp. Okay. Right, exactly. It's but, like but, Mr. Mouth meets who tipped the waiter. Exactly, it's, uh, but you need your own spin on it. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't used Mr. Mouth meets uh, tip the waiter, I'd like to use that. <laughs> what does Mr. Mouth tip? Why was he in the restaurant? <laughs> was the waiter satisfied with the tip? What becomes of their relationship? So many unanswered questions. I want to hire you for punch-up on yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I already have the sequel in mind, <laughs> which I think would basically focus on the waiter. So uh, I've just been loving the game business. And I think it's because it's it's new, you know, for me. Uh, I I was in the comedy trenches for, well, yeah, I was with Letterman when he started. So mm-hmm. what is that? That's And he retired now, so that's yeah. 30 is that 34 years? I don't even know. You were with him like 81? I was with him in, at NBC when he first went up at NBC. So I've been doing it a long time. You're a young man. When you've been doing this crap podcasting yeah. for 35 years, you'll also feel a little, the word is burnt out, I think. That's, I believe, what therapists would call it. And you will also be joining me on my toy pitches. <laughs> you just want something new. You get one life. You're dealt one life. And uh, it was just time for something new. After Monk ended, I felt I had done you know, most of what I wanted to do with writing. So it, though it does strike me that, you know, at different stages in your career, when you were with Letterman, really three networks, and then Monk was on USA. So there was more people to pitch to. You've done movies. There are a few movies buying. But is it the case that with toys, there's almost fewer buyers? I mean, it seems like Toys R Us might it's be like very, Whole Foods. You're, not you don't get there, you're, you're pitching to the, in effect, the studios. You're pitching to the big companies. And you're absolutely right. Hasbro and Mattel dominate. Mm-hmm. The same way Disney and Paramount, the same way there are very few shops to go to in Hollywood now. And then there are on a on the on the next tier, you know, maybe ten uh, mid level so like indies. Are those guys indie? Well, the indie guys are, are on a lower tier, and that's a whole other world. 
I think you want, at least I want my games and toys in, in, in the big box stores and, and distributed. And that leads me, by the way, if you're looking for a segue, uh, to crowdfunding, which I just discovered belatedly, of course. <laughs> I just discovered The Grateful Dead. I'm just, <laughs> I'm running late in my life. Uh, and I have a toy, I'm sorry, I have a game now. It's live on Kickstarter now called Shit Happens. Mm-hmm. By the way, it's such a relief to be able to say the name yeah. on, on the radio. They won't let me uh, say it on most of my interviews. One thing I learned, by the way, is interesting, and you might find this true. A lot more people are online in the winter. Mm-hmm. The winter is when you want it to be on Kickstarter. Right. It kills me to be on Kickstarter now and walking around your beautiful plaza out there and seeing all these people that are potential customers enjoying their lunch. I was yelling, get inside, but they did. They all, they thought it was crazy. I would also think playing board games is more of a winter. Yes, I think it is. Or probably. I haven't seen the sales figures, but I bet you per capita, more board games are sold in Fargo than in San Diego. You know what else I heard once? Poets, the great poets are all from colder climates. Really? Because they're not outdoors uh, throwing Frisbees. So what's the pitch on Shit Happens? Thanks for asking, man. It's basically, would you rather? It's basically you're weighing one bad choice against another. Uh, You're basically deciding which choices are bad and which choices are worse than bad. We put a hundred unfortunate events onto cards. Uh, You vomit in public is one. Disastrous haircut is another. Struck by lightning is another. Your iPhone falls in the toilet. You wake up, there's a dead hooker in your bed. Uh-huh. Things that happen to people regularly. Dead hooker with a bad haircut and vomit Dead hooker with a... Well, these don't happen concurrently. Oh, okay. It's a good question, though. I can see why you were curious. <laughs> and then we took these cards, these hundreds of cards, with these hundreds of misfortunate, uh, misfortune, shitty events, and we took them to a panel of mental health experts. Oh, okay. Therapists. Yeah. Marriage counselors. Yeah. Career consultants. And they rated them from one to 100. Yes. I've always been interested. There's a there's something called the holmes Ra. Stress test, are you familiar with it? Yeah, where life events, uh, they tell you what's the most stressful yes, thing. Yes, I don't know why they did it. It was in the se- it was in the 70s. There were two therapists. Oh, I wish I was a fly on the wall. They sat down. I guess one was Holmes, one was Raw. And they sat down and they listed 40 life events. Yeah. Death of a spouse, moving, yeah. a relocation yeah. is one, yeah. uh, getting moving losing your is job. way higher than you'd think it would be. Maybe yes. Robin's Well, uh, but way. also, but moving could be across town, or yeah. you could be moving to Somalia. Yeah. You know, who knows where you're moving? But, um, you're not moving to Somalia. I turn that down. Yeah. Because the commute just wouldn't work for me. Right. I have young kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now that the L train's going offline, you're never going to want to go to Somalia. Look, I'm never saying no. I'm not closing <laughs> the door completely, but if they, if they make it worth my while, I'll go to the Somalia <laughs> toy branch of Uncle Andy Toys, the, the Somalia branch. <laughs> I don't know why we opened the Somalia branch in hindsight. <laughs> Waste of money. You live, you learn. The Kickstarter you live, community you demanded the it. Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we went to these uh, mental health experts, these career counselors and therapists, and they rated all of these cards for us. Just like Holmes and Rod did in the in the seventies, from one to a hundred, caught in a bear trap, from one to a hundred, they rated that pretty high. That's yeah. pretty traumatic. Yeah, based on how stressful. Hundred the most stressful. Just under hundred would be buried alive. Mm. It's a very stressful event yeah. in someone's life. Yeah, until it's suddenly not at all. Yes, until it's suddenly not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very stressful, and then it's suddenly zero. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> zero stress. <laughs> so buried alive is like a ninety-nine. Buried alive with a dead hooker is a ninety-nine two. It's a, a little more than you high. think. You'd think it's surprising you, isn't it? You'd think it would be a little less stressful. I think you need something there to this take your exactly mind This is exactly the kind of crap you get into when you play shit happens. So where are we on getting shit happens in Well, we actually state? had an offer this it actually we, we had an offer from a big grown-up toy company. They love the idea of it. I mean, it is a it is a, the gameplay really is 
fun and easy. It's what they call in the toy business an easy get. Yeah. It's not a big, complicated strategy game that only geeks and Germans play. And aside from the box, will this come with trigger warnings? Uh, it's a great question. You know what's interesting? I had, you want to hear something interesting? I had a card in the box originally raped by a bear. Yeah. Was a card in the box. And, oh, then, I'm sorry, there were, there were, I'll tell you three cards in the box. Oh, I'm sorry, raped by a bear, caught in a bear trap, and then even more traumatic, I think you would agree, while caught in a bear trap, raped by a bear, <laughs> which is a bad day. How could that not be worse <laughs> than the other two? It, it is. Yeah, it was yeah, worse yeah. than the other two. But I ended up pulling those uh-huh. because, as you say, you, you mentioned trigger warnings. People, even though it was not uh, a human ver- on, on human rape situation, it was an interspecies rape situation, the word rape is, of course, you know, a third rail now. So we just have bear sex. Bear sex. Which is almost always un- not consensual. Yeah. Uh, if you saw the if you saw uh, the Reverend the Revenant, yeah. yeah, remember that controversy for a minute about the bear scene, <laughs> yes. the Revenant, and a Bush advisor tweeted out something about bear sex, and he lost. Is that true? He advanced the uh, myth that the rape was, the rape there was no rape. There was no. no it was bear actually rape. a female bear, I believe, in the movie. Yeah, defending her cubs. All right, yeah. If I if I if anything, uh, isn't it man who has raped the bear? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> The, and those are the sort of sentences that will shut down a game of shit happens. That'll shut down almost any conversation. <laughs> Isn't it man that has raped the bear? <laughs> There's no follow-up to that. Some chin scratch. Yeah. Don't raise that point in a meeting. Because nine times out of ten, the person you say that to will tap his watch and say, oh, the babysitter. <laughs> I have to get home. Go out, buy a watch, <laughs> tap it. Andy Breckman is a man who has a lot of questions and a lot of quests, and now he's on a quest to get you to play the game Shit Happens. It's live on Kickstarter uh, as we speak. There's a a week left. Back it. If you buy it on Kickstarter, you're getting the original Kickstarter version with all the controversial cards. And will you invite me back when my new toy comes out? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I enjoy this more than anything. Yeah, I'll bet. Thank you, Andy Breckman. Thank you. Thank you all. (laughs) I'll see you online. Up until a week ago, every single garment I ever draped upon myself was bought off the rack, and that all changed thanks to Indochino. Now, what it is is you go to either online or in a couple cities, like in New York City, they have an actual store, and you get measured, or you measure yourself, 14 different kinds of measurements, and they make you a one-of-a-kind suit Now, the thing is, you know this is going to be good and you know this is going to fit better, but you're saying to yourself, well, I always always knew that there was the option of getting a hand-tailored suit. I just didn't want to pay the accompanying option of six, seven, ten times what a regular suit off the rack would cost. Guess what? Indochino, premium suit for $399. That's $399 for a suit that fits you perfectly. So that is a special offer for my listeners, people who go to Indochino.com and enter GIST at checkout. Shipping's also free, which is great. $399 is not even an expensive suit if you're talking about really good fabric, really good material. Indochino has that. And it's made, custom made for your body. So it's Indochino.com, promo code GIST for any premium suit for for just $399 and free shipping. Indochino, your look, your way. 
And now the spiel. You ever watch those focus groups? CNN has them. CBS hired uh, Frank Lutz, who does them professionally, to do them for that network. They get six or eight voters together. They stack them in two rows. It's always two rows on risers. And they figure out how the candidates are doing among these voters. You know the format. I want a word or phrase to describe tonight's debate. And I'm going to start in the second row. Sophomoric. Embarrassment. Disappointing. Shameful. Despicable. Angering. Low on substance. Well, what we've done here at The Gist is to focus our attention on our own focus group, but it's not for any election nearby. Indeed, the two candidates are running in a municipality far, far away. Okay, I'd like to thank you all for coming. I know the forest moon of Endor is not the easiest place for you to get to. No, of course, of course. Wookiees are excellent navigators. Didn't mean to malign your kind. Okay, so you all have self-identified as either supporters of or leaning toward, in the next election, the candidacy of Jabba the Hutt. So yes, you, can you, uh, Plo Koon, can you tell me why you support Jabba the Hutt? Yeah, well, uh, I just think with all the infighting between the Empire and the Galactic Senate, you know, to say nothing of how the Trade Federation is eating our lunch like a Klatooine patty frog, uh, he's just a guy that's going to cut through that crap. You know, I'm tired of the dysfunction of the Galactic Senate, blah, 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 job of the hut. You know, he gets shit done. Yeah, okay, I understand. But with that in mind, let me play you this clip of Jabba, somewhat controversial. Let me get your opinion. Now, a lot of people have called that insensitive, and I want to point out there is actually no evidence that the Gungans were celebrating the destruction of Alderaan. So what about that? Go go ahead, Plo Sorry, yeah. So I'm from Naboo, all right? And what he's saying there is true. Like, everyone from Naboo knows that. Like, I'm not saying all, okay? I'm not saying all. I'm saying some Gungans were celebrating. Yes, but contemporary press accounts at the time. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jabba says what other huts are afraid to say. I mean, he's a businessman. Well, his critics would say he's a gangster. That's just because... That's not fair. Hold on, hold on. One at a time. Koth Milan, go ahead. Well, it's just like all the reports that Jabba has a pet sarlacc that inhabited the great pit of Carcoon that slowly dissects his enemies every year. It's just not true. <laughs> well, Maru Maru here says it is true that he's seen the sarlacc, but why then, Maru Maru, have you said that you're undecided that you might actually vote for Jabba? Uh. I agree. Whatever you think of Jabba, he's authentic, more authentic than his opponent. I mean, Princess Leia, I don't know. She just acts like she's better than Jabba. Well, she is a Jedi and a princess and the youngest ever member of the Galactic Senate. Don't give me that she's a member of the Galactic Senate. Look at Alderaan. I think she's far too trusting. Well, her defenders would say that she was tortured while a prisoner of the Death Star. I like princesses who weren't captured, okay? Okay, okay. Back to you, Maru Maru. What's your reason for not backing Princess Leia? Uh. Okay, yes? Understood? Let us, we actually have that clip. Let's play what he's talking about. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Uh. It still smarts, huh? But she's apologized for that. And I think if you play one clip and ignore all she's done her whole life in a pro-Wookiee context, fighting for Wookiees, fighting side by side for Wookiees, she's much stronger on Wookiee policy than Jabba. Okay, okay, but then why are you, IG-88, why are you still undecided about voting for her? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm an assassination droid, and there, there's just been so much less work for us. And as, as much as I do not like some of the things that Jabba has said about Princess Leia or some barges he's shackled her to, I just think that the jobs could be going away and not coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want someone, anyone to kill. I, I don't want to get retrained to program irrigation systems or to work a protocol desk. Those jobs pay a lot less. Nobody gets killed. Uh, and I think Jabba's the one who understands that threat. Okay. Now, Koth Milan, I want to turn to you. I need to bring you into this conversation. I take it you're a bothan. That's right. Okay. And given all that Jabba has said about Bothans, that you're all spies, that you've got to be kept out of certain systems. Well, he's also said not all Bothans. But listen, mm-hmm. I'm a third generation Coruscant. I consider myself Coruscantian first, then Bothan. And like Plo was saying, uh, Jabba says things that no one else was saying. Okay, Plo Koon, what do you think about that? Uh, well, I think it's interesting, but uh, deep down... You know, I'm just going to be honest. I think she's a spy. She's a both and spy. How dare you? are a spy. I'm not a spy. You're a spy. Uh, no, I'm not. You're both, guys, guys, guys. Oh. You've got, can we please? And that's it for today's show. Just producer Andrea Salenzi's biggest wedge issue is Antilles. Other producer Mary Wilson explains Jabba's popularity among low-information R2 units. Steve Lichtai, executive producer of Slate Podcast, polls well among security Jawas and soccer Tuscan Raiders. And Andy Bowers, chief content officer of the Panoply Network, wants to appeal to swing spice mines and purple moons of Yavin. The gist. I'm Admiral Akbar, and I approve this message. Umperu depru duperu. Thank you for listening. Now, who else is on the show tonight? Well, we're going to have, we're going to do a vexillologist. <laughs> Are you really? I think we might have a vexillologist on. You mean to address the big New Zealand I controversy? I think we might talk New Zealand flags. Also, well, then Boise's people, redesigning. Who will no, care about my toys? Milwaukee's redesigning their flag. Wait, wait, hold on. Slow up. <laughs> Slow up. Milwaukee. Yeah. After, what, Walk 200 years? This. Yeah. Yes. They want a new flag. Why do they want a new Is there anything controversial because, in this? yes, it was the bear was doing something to the founder in Milwaukee. We have to get past it. There's a bear rape? There is a bear rape. On the Milwaukee flag? I can see. Times I can see the argument for it, and I can see the argument against it. <laughs>